Well, there's an interesting list, a very important book, the Bible, that says this. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Very interesting that cowards are at the top of that list. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast, where we're in pursuit of a free and flourishing Alabama every single week. I want to make sure to highlight that. That is what we are doing. That is the purpose. That is the why. Uh, We are after a better Alabama for our children and our grandchildren and willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that it is um, come what may. Uh, That's why we're here. Um, But I've got to, you know, I always always start off as you go through, you know, your thing and it turns into a spiel and I say, I got this great episode and then then you guys hear that every single week. But we do have some really good guests on, but I think this is going to be a very important uh, conversation because there have been so many crazy things that have been foisted upon us as citizens of America and citizens of Alabama um, that it becomes traumatic and we don't want to look at things that are traumatic. We want to take our eyes off of them and move on and forget that it ever happened. That's human nature. But I've got Dr. Stuart Tankersley coming in. He's the co-founder and co-executive director of Concerned Doctors. He's a general practitioner in Montgomery. Uh, retired colonel in the Army National Guard and a former member of the Ethics Commission. He's got um, unbelievable experience in military, political realm, medical realm. But uh, he, I would say, is um, our state's foremost expert on COVID, COVID response, vaccinations, and all this stuff because he spent the last, I don't know, since we heard the word COVID for the first time uh, from then to now, uh, diving into this stuff, studying it, watching the data, um, pretty much more than just about anybody else in, in his group of doctors that he works with, the concerned doctors, obviously Jordan Vaughn, uh, Dr. Michael Brown, and so many other people who've been doing this, risking um, their live, their livelihoods, uh, their licenses, uh, and all of these things to pursue truth uh, and treat patients um, and save lives. And they've saved thousands of lives. Uh, it's, it's been really incredible. So um, really uh, excited to bring him on. And we're going to be talking about, um, there's just a lot happening on the COVID front right now. Uh, we're moving into legislative session. The legislature has a chance uh, to right some of the wrongs. They're never going to be able to fix the absolute disaster that was the response to COVID by Kay Ivey uh, and, 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 you know, in that time period. But there are some things they can do legislatively to make sure that that never happens again. Uh, we're hearing that the, that some of those things may happen. So uh, we may touch on that a little bit. Um, but we're also, you know, in the news uh, Dr. Ladapo, the Surgeon General of Florida, is fighting to ban COVID vaccines in the free state of Florida. Meanwhile, Alabama Department of Public Health and Fauci, I mean, Scott Harris, uh, are promoting, advertising, uh, and pushing these vaccines and administering them to children, no less, despite all of the data we show saying that they're um, they're certainly not effective and they really aren't safe. And so the promise was safe and effective. They're, they're neither safe nor effective. Neither of those things, they're actually extremely ineffective and they're actually dangerous. Um, but here we are, our, our, our public health apparatus is pushing it on people, advertising 
um, and, and still willing to give it to children, despite the data that shows that this is not a good idea. So uh, it's absolute lunacy. Uh, I've called it genocide uh, multiple times. I'm not going to back off from that. I think that's exactly what we see uh, with the way they've been pushing that mixed with the way that they attacked uh, safe, healthy, cheap alternatives to treat COVID. Uh, the way the government and the media and these pharmaceutical companies at attacked those uh, while promoting theirs uh, and the death toll that came from that, that's genocide, flat out. Um, and so we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, but before we do, I remind you guys, subscribe wherever you find this podcast, um, Apple podcast, uh, I was about to say YouTube, but we know that they are not carrying this podcast, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, Rumble, wherever you get the podcast, subscribe. Click the bell to make sure you get notifications anytime we uh, pump out content. And then also, we need you guys to support the work we're doing. This is citizen-supported journalism. We see COVID's the, the the best example you can see of how corporate-sponsored journalism means no journalism at all. Uh, and so, you know, this news report brought to you by Pfizer, right? Well, what, what do you think you're going to get, right? Well, what does that look like in Alabama? Uh, the news brought to you by Alabama Power. Well... <laughs> You know, again, Alabama Power is a great company. has done ton, does tons of good stuff for our state. But at the end of the day, um, anyone with as much power as they have, or Regions, or Blue Cross Blue Shield, or any of these, they're massive corporation corporations that need scrutiny. And it's up to the journalists to scrutinize uh, people in positions of power, corporations, government, whatever it may be. That's what journalism does. There's there's a there's an adverse relationship between power and journalists. And when the power is paying the journalist. You now have a problem. And so 1819 News is citizen-supported journalism, so we need you to sign up uh, to become a member today. Uh, go to 1819news.com, click the button, uh, become a member. Membership starts as little as $5 a month. You get access to behind-the-scenes content like we're going to be doing with Dr. Tankersley here as we talk about why repentance is the answer. You don't want to miss that. Uh, and you also get cool merch and things like that. But more than anything, you're supporting the cause, a cause, Um it's the cause of freedom. You you don't have freedom without uh, without the free flow of information, right? And and journalism is that. So please go and sign up today. And now, what you're all waiting for, Doctor Tankersley. Doc, thank hey, you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me again. And it's uh, been a tumultuous uh, year since I was here last. And uh, once again, thankful to be here. And I'm very thankful for 1819. Please, anybody that can, please uh, support them. They're doing heroic work. Well, thank you, Doc. And uh, you've got a um, a, a pretty. Uh, this is just a small piece of your resume I listed off. You sent me your resume one time. It's it's uh, it's, it's very impressive. And I think uh, maybe the most impressive thing you're my doctor. You know, yeah. so you got to put that at the top of the resume. Yes, yeah. <laughs> making good uh, making good progress too. Yeah. Um. And so, but it, it, uh, in all seriousness, you know, we've we've been friends before the COVID thing. You've been my doctor uh, for a number of years, and then we've been. Uh, shoulder to shoulder fighting against this, uh, this nonsense from, from day one. And I admire your resolve to never take your eyes off the ball on this focus on it. It's extremely uncomfortable to focus on. It's extremely uncomfortable to go tell people that they need to focus on because they don't want to. Right. And then, you know, and then that's a tough place for you to be the bearer of bad news all the time. And it's like, no, look, there has to be accountability. There has to be repentance. There has to be something. Um, and that is a, uh, Reminds me of the prophets in the Old Testament. It's not a fun burden to bear, but but you've been called to it, and, yeah. and you've been faithful, so I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, um, I would say 19 days since uh, the beginning of February, I was put on a working group for the National Guard as one of five physicians in the state. And uh, since then, uh, there have been 19 days where I have not 
dealt with COVID. And uh, that is not a healthy thing. It's not uh, good, but it's the reality I've been stuck in because it's like a, a four-year, going on a four-year deployment. Yeah. Um, because this is the worst catastrophe in our country's history. And uh, thankfully, the large majority of people recognize it as such. Uh, less than 5% of people have gotten one of these shots in our country and uh, one of the latest shots in our country. People know we've got problems and I'm not going to trust. And that leads to articles like NPR did a couple of weeks ago where they said, we've got a major problem that people aren't trusting their doctors anymore. Yeah. Uh, and we have a doctor shortage. We're at a crisis point. And you think we're at a bad one now. Wait until May when the WHO, the ultimate public health authority, uh, assumes complete control of every government on the earth uh, with this uh, plan they have that is that that uh, Brett Weinstein speaks of with uh, Tucker Carlson uh, this past week. Uh, please, anybody that can, go watch that because uh, the reality is they have uh, learned a lot of lessons, inappropriate and wrong lessons, but they have uh, taken a lot of uh, control power and uh, killed a lot of people and injured uh, tens of millions. And um, with the, not just the COVID shots, of course, but with the whole uh, pandemic response that was planned for, for decades, they had been in the planning for decades, uh, the evidence is clear, the patents on the, uh, on the virus, the patents on the vaccines clearly indicate that this is not something that just popped up out of, out of nowhere. Um, so it and, didn't come from a bat in a wet market, Doc? No, is that what you're telling me? No. Though, oh, you're talking about the bats that live hundreds of miles away from Wuhan? Yeah. yeah. No, it didn't come from them. It came from the lab. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Clearly, the patents are clear about it. Um, but uh, all of this is insane. And if I could uh, please, please encourage everyone. I know. Believe me, I know. You want to throw this away. You want to get to the next uh, part of your life. But if we don't stand up against this uh, thing that WHO is looking to do in May— there are no more freedoms. Let's let's talk about that. Then we'll go into Brett Weinstein podcast with our with interview with Tucker. I guess it's not a podcast; it's a show. Uh, and then we'll 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 finish with Doctor Ladapo in Florida. Okay. So, what is it that they're going to try and execute by May? What is the WHO going to do? Yeah. Uh, so this has been, of course, in the works for years. Uh, but they're going to be voting. All these uh, member member states are going to be voting uh, on whether. In a health emergency, the WHO can um, order all citizens in those uh, states to do what they say, whether it's taking a jab that is poisonous or whether it is you're no longer out of your house, you're going to be locked into your home. Uh, you, oh, they could declare, for example, uh, climate change as an emergency. And as a result of that, no more driving your car. I mean, this is such a... If you didn't wake up to the abuses in COVID, uh, that was a teaser yeah. because what they're planning for us is not for freedom. And by the way, I think everybody needs to appreciate, and I've repeated this thousands of times, the, the classical definition of freedom is the ability to put responsible constraints on yourself. Yep. It's not, uh, you know, responsible is the uh, morally operative word. And who defines that yet we know is Jesus, but uh, in his word. And so uh, they are going to take all of our freedoms that we have, that have been denigrated. I mean, the concept that the government is going to come in here and tell me you're an essential employee and you're not an essential employee. Well, to my family, I'm an essential employee. You yeah. know? Uh, and so this uh, abuse 
catastrophic abuse that was, um, you know, uh, I heard uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. say this in an interview that uh, back in the revolutionary times, uh, Revolutionary War back in the uh, 1700s, there were two pandemics. And uh, they knew what a pandemic was, yet they didn't carve out exceptions in the Constitution for yeah. it. And these uh, cowards and uh, uh, evil people that have been doing this to us, who have been not held to account, um, uh, something's got to change for the first time in our country's history where people who have done such evil are held to account. And um, that is love. Yeah. That is what love looks like. Holding people, hopefully they'll repent, but yeah. uh, something needs to be done to them that uh, they will never, and a message will be sent uh, from here forward that this will never be tolerated again by people of this earth. Yeah, I think it's so shocking and so astonishing the the level of depravity and and what was done that it's almost like it it like passes a certain point in your brain that you can really wrap your mind around what has actually just happened, and then and then what do you do? Right, right, and right. then that's where that that instinct and the the normal human kicks in. It's like, look, let bygones be bygones. I just want to focus on you know being able to feed my children, and then whatever next crisis they thrust upon us, right. <laughs> But that's that's why we need this one to be the bridge too far. Right. This is the one that has all of the elements that allow us to go in and actually have accountability. Um, they cross the line in so many areas with so much data and so many other things. Um, th- this has to be, you know, the hill to die on. Right. 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 Everyone's like, well, why don't we, we shouldn't die on this hill? You can't die on every hill. You got to pick your battles. And okay, well, let's pick this one. Right. This hill. Let's die on this hill. There isn't a bigger one. Yeah. In our not a bigger one history. or a more important one. Right. Yeah. Because uh, you mentioned uh, a bridge too far. Good analogy. I like to think of, and this is a message to the providers, the doctors, the preachers, uh, people in medicine uh, as well, any in any realm. Uh, and there was a very famous uh, award-winning movie, uh, The Bridge Over the River Kwai, back in, um, back in World War II. And the pivotal moment in the movie is when the colonel that's a prisoner of war of the Japanese recognizes he's, he's devoted for the last year or whatever to building this bridge. And he's an engineer, so it's a beautiful construction and everything. But uh, finally, a demolition team sneaks in and is going to blow it up, and he is he, he's going to uh, kind of block them from doing what he should be allowing them to do and promoting. But then at one moment he clicks and he recognizes, I have, uh, I have really been screwing up blocking these people or trying to prevent this bridge from being, being blown up. And he realizes in a moment of repentance and then he turns around and tries to undo it in the Japanese shooting. But the point is that that type of awareness, self-awareness, which has been so uh, absent in our country, country's history, uh, in our country recently, in the last several years, maybe dec- uh, generations, but the point is the lack of self-awareness that uh, people have as to what we're capable of doing for our own self-preservation is uh, uh, the, the wake-up call is past due. I think there's an element of personal responsibility as citizens. And so you said, well, what is freedom? Freedom, uh, morality, and self-governance is what, what freedom is. So freedom means that we don't need to be a nanny state. Freedom means that that, that Stuart Tankersley is going to do what he needs to do. Brian's going to do what he needs to do. 
we have a critical mass of self-governing people who have right morals. Right. And so that allows us to do that. Well, another part of freedom is also taking responsibility for your government. If this is a you know republic and this yep. is democracy and this is a, you know, even though those two things are at odds and we, you know, interchange them, that's another podcast for another day. But it's, 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 it's a government of the people, by the people, for the people. That's what this thing is supposed to be. Well, if that's the case, it's our government. And we do this weird thing. I'm going to coin this little phrase that I'm about to say. And I'm going to use it in some of my writings here in the future. We are so focused on elections and not generations. Mm-hmm. We're focused on four years and not 40. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we're hoping some political messiah will come fix all this COVID stuff for us whether it's DeSantis, whether it's Trump, whether it's whoever, right? Like we're hoping a political Messiah will come fix all this for us. It's, it's not, we have a responsibility to make our voices heard and, and use every ounce of influence we have to make sure that this is uh, taken, taken care of is not even the right word that, 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 that there's an account that's taken. Um, we can't be quiet about it. We need to, you know, continue to, you know, to, to, to apply pressure but it's a, it's a weird thing where we're always waiting for someone else to do it rather than saying, hey, look, if we don't fix this, that means that my children are going to go through something like this. If we don't fix right. this, that means my grandchildren are going to go through something like this. And and we we need to um, have the courage to face this head on right now while the opportunity is there uh, to at least fix this in such a way to where the likelihood is less of it happening in generations. Right. right? And it's going to take, uh, it takes courage to do stuff you don't want to do because uh, we love, we crave comfort and safety. And uh, just in our nature, we, we like that. But the fact is that uh, we have done such damage. And as evidenced by the past four years, our political structure has failed us in epic ways. And the people that should be in positions of responsibility I think of uh, the Republicans are in charge of both houses of our our legislature here in Alabama. And, um, the where are the health committee chairman? Uh, Is that Paul Lee. Yeah, Call he's a out. representative out of uh, Dothan, I think. Yeah. Uh, the report is that he his personal business is uh, tied into uh, uh, the medical industrial complex in a way yeah. that uh, he has a blind spot. Yeah. Um, I'm not just picking on him. It's clearly evident throughout the legislature and the executive and the judicial. Um, uh, Where's the reason? Where's the dialogue? Where's the discussion? Not allowed. Yeah. And legislators like, well, I don't want to upset the committee chair. I don't want to upset the speaker. It's like people are dying. Right. Who cares about what Paul Lee thinks? Or I was going to say Mac McCutcheon. What's the other guy's name now? The Ledbetter. Um, who cares if you upset them, you have been given a job to go down there and represent your constituency. And there is atrocities that are going on. And you're worried about how, uh, you know, the speaker of the house feels. It's amazing, uh, that, uh, for four years and, uh, the evidence is overwhelming. Uh, we'll get into some of it, but, uh, the New Zealand data, data from the whistleblower, this, I'll just take an aside and use this for an example. So, uh, the top, IT guy for disseminating the adverse reactions for the uh, New Zealand, the whole country, uh, which I think has a population less than the whole state of Alabama. But anyways, so this is the the guy that is collating all that data, and uh, he has been a back uh, a, a quiet or a uh, silent, he's not been public figure to a major broadcaster down there who has been talking about how bad these shots are. And finally, a month ago, he 
came out, and he is quivering. He is not a public persona. It doesn't have a public personality kind of a guy. He's an IT kind of a guy. And uh, he said, and he's in tears saying, the data is overwhelming. And, uh, for example, in, I think, 2022, when the deaths should have been declining by 22%, they were increased by 42, 40, yeah, I think 42%. Yeah. They're increased, yet they should have been 22% lower. I mean, is that 22% reduction would have been off the efficacy of the vaccines with their prediction? No, 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 no. Just pro, pro, like here in Alabama, the uh, excess deaths. Okay. Uh, from 17 through 19, the average was around 54,000. Then it went up to 64,000. And the following day, year, 2022, you would expect it to go Should down. Should return to normal or lower, yeah, lower, pre-pandemic or lower. Because the most vulnerable would have died during the pandemic. So yeah. you would expect it to go lower. No, no, it went up 4,100. 4,100 extra, extra above what it had been, the new baseline, um, extra family members died. And uh, consistent with that is, uh, amazingly, last month, uh, the Canadian government, their national government, uh, recognized that the fifth leading cause of death in their country is unknown. I don't... I, as a physician, unknown. I mean, maybe you'll find a body in the woods and you don't know exactly what did it, but yeah, or no, on a no. soccer field, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, amazing with the thousands of people watching. Um, I mean, this uh, this absurdity. Where did science go? I don't know, <laughs> but it ain't around us. Yeah, because uh, the evidence is clear that there's something here. Uh, catastrophic, and uh, and Brett Weinstein uh, reports on a study that came out of uh, Holland, maybe that it looks like in evaluating the uh, around the world as of August, um, uh, seventeen million people have been killed by the vaccines. Yeah, uh, vaccines. Uh, the um, another study from uh, a month earlier, I think it was out of Canada, indicated forty three million. But the whole point is, it's clear, and it's just not died suddenly. We know the pathophysiology. We know the the actual cellular damage and the tissue damage that's occurring as a result of these poisonous shots. Um, and, of course, the virus itself that was manufactured, created, and manufactured. But uh, all of this is insane. It is If there's anything you need to devote a, a cause, you need to devote your life to uh, as a physician— I can't think of a more important one in our country's history than this. We've got to get back to the fundamentals and stop any type of, uh, of uh, you know, where we're developing these toxins to disseminate around the world, uh, gain a function. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many things to say and so many areas to jump in, but I do want to just re-recommend the, the Brett Weinstein, Tucker Carlson interview. You can get that on Twitter. You can get that on uh, TuckerCarlson.com. Go there and watch it. The re- so I, I want to make sure I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm a CEO. You can't be, can be hyperbolic. Promoter. You cannot be hyperbolic about yeah, this. Is that um, there have been some of the most important conversations had in our lifetime as of late with the decentralization of media and the rise of podcasts. Um, Brett Weinstein and Pierre Corey going on Joe Rogan. Dr. Peter McCullough going on Joe Rogan. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone going on Joe Rogan. Right. These are conversations that change the trajectory of the world 
Okay. You know, very, very important conversations. I believe that the conversation that was had by Tucker Carlson with Brett Weinstein, Weinstein, anyway, um, I believe it is even more important than those because what it, what it is now is it's been three years since he was on with Joe Rogan, with Pierre Corey, Tucker Carlson reaches a whole different audience that, that, that Joe Rogan does not reach. And the stream of consciousness that this interview was there, Tucker didn't have to interrupt him or ask him a single question. He just let him go for like the whole hour. I think maybe two questions the entire time for an hour. Um, unpacking pharmaceutical companies, how these vaccines came to be the damage they're doing scientifically, why they're doing the damage they are and how every single doctor should have known that this was going to happen. And they, they went ahead and gave them anyway. And so it is a life changing interview. I would have to pause it. And and it it wasn't because he wasn't clear, right? I would pause it and rewind it. Like, what did he just say? Yeah. And it was all backed by data. And I mean, it's just unbelievable so definitely go there, TuckerCarlson.com. Uh, you can go to Twitter X, whatever, Tucker Carlson's page. Uh, watch it there. It is um, the most the most important conversation I've, I've seen yeah. in my lifetime. I like the way he summarized it at the end when, he, uh, when Tucker Carlson's like, wow, this awful system that's been established and, uh, and foisted upon us for the last couple of generations or 100 years in our country by pharma and the medical industrial complex. Uh, man, oh, man, this is a huge Goliath. And... And at the end of it, uh, Weinstein said, yeah, but the good thing is, I'm not saying we're going to win, but I like our odds. Yeah. And that is, we've got the people that think. Yeah. And the people uh, that think and, and the people have that courage. have courage. That's right. Yep, that's it. We, yeah. we are the thinking and we are the courage, yeah. courageous. And right. so, yeah, and he said it basically, uh, these type of issues, the, the voter issues, the COVID issues and everything else has pushed all of the the courageous thinking people out of the institutions and yep. into this little bubble uh, of of resistance, and, and we so, feed on each other's courage. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely, uh, it's wonderful, and um, the truth will set us free. Amen. And last thing on that 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 uh, interview, um, Weinstein said something that I thought was again, it's the way that he presents it. It's so slow and methodical, and and it's just I don't know. You have to hear the guy talk. It's just whoa. Um, he said that the pharmaceutical industry by its very nature is essentially an intellectual, an intellectual property racket with the owning of molecules and right. patents and everything right. else. And because that is what they do and, it, and it's inherently to its, I don't know if he used the word racket, but I mean, it's what's, you know, but we'll, we'll say it's become that clearly. it's become that. And because of the nature of it. So what they do is they own these molecules or they own these patents and so what they have to do is take a problem that might require that patent or that molecule, and they have to take that problem and make it look way worse than it actually is. Right. And so they use their marketing arm to make it look way worse than it actually is. And then they take their molecule and make it look way more effective than it actually is. And they make that molecule based on a pre-existing molecule that a lot of times it's off patent. Yeah. Yep, so that they can keep the you right. know um, keep the prices higher rather than a generic competitor coming in. Or a natural yeah. agent. Correct. Right. But to me, just how he explained that so simply, it's like, look, the problem that may or may not even need this thing, they're going to make the problem look way worse than it actually is. And they're going to make their patented product look way more effective at solving that problem than it actually is. And their whole marketing machine is about creating a problem and, 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 and having the solution, 
which is exactly what we saw through the, the, the COVID response. With a key component that he didn't really go into, which is the fact that our government has, uh, co- has been co-opted, has willingly been co-opted by the pharma uh, industry. And so now it's um, like the EPA is going to be regulated by the uh, oil industry. Yeah. I mean, it's like, no, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Well, it doesn't, right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that uh, the people that are paying for the FDA are the pharma com- pharmaceutical companies, not just in America for a large extent, but also in, in other countries. Like UK, I think it's even higher percentage of the funding for FDA com- from for their FDA comes from uh, the pharmaceutical industry. It's insanity. The whole thing is broken. And back to your point about the Alabama legislature, um, where are the people that want to help the people? Yeah. And it all goes back when I learned this important lesson on the uh, ethics commission. The problem is that by our nature, we're all going to want to be, if we get in a position of responsibility, uh, we're all going to turn into uh, Pharisees, scribes, and lawyers. The people, not all lawyers, but and certainly not all Pharisees uh, went to hell. But the point is that... Uh, the people that determine right and implement the rules to benefit themselves is the problem. That is that is the textbook definition of tyranny. Right. Is is a person who uses their power to rule in such a way as their own personal gain and personal gratification. Right. That is the definition of tyranny. Right. Yeah. And so what are these people that are wanting to do the right thing? And most of them may be wanting to go into public office to... Uh, to do the right thing and to help their constituents and things like that, whether it's at the city level. If you're at the city level, what's your uh, county commission doing or what's your uh, county coroner doing to promote the truth about COVID? Uh, the county coroner should have been the <clears throat> the guy that uh, the person that or the medical examiner for the county should be the person that should have been ringing the alarm bells about this. And if they're not going to do it, then may, then the city councilman or the county commissioner ought to be forcing them to and calling them to account and getting rid of them if they're not. Because the excess deaths is undeniable. The excess disability claims that Ed Dowd writes about, uh, undeniable. Yeah, what they're sweeping under the rug is corpses. Right. Right. This, this isn't right. this isn't like some money that was taken out of the petty cash tin yeah. in, in the office. Like, it's not a wrinkle in the carpet. Correct. It's something under it. Yeah. Right. A bunch of de- 17 million dead bodies. Right. right? And um, that's and, and it's just it's weird to watch human behavior in this situation. And, and, and no one wants to look at. And it's always it's always this way. No matter what the, the truth is, the election being stolen. And I remember when that happened and I was like, guys. And they're like, well, and it's like, they know, I know that they know, and they know that I know, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But the implications of them admitting cognizantly that the election was stolen means that they have a responsibility to do something about it, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, put some effort and time into it. Well, they don't want to put any time and effort. They want someone else to do it. They want the political Messiah. And uh, you're not, <laughs> you're definitely not getting the political Messiah when they're stealing elections, right? right. Like, you can just count that out. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a very interesting trait about humans that they they will know that something is true, but there's like a level of admitting that it's true that all of a sudden the implications mean I have to do something, and they're lazy and they're comfort creatures, as you said, and they don't want to do anything. Um, they could lose their jobs, they could lose this, they could lose that, so they just pretend like it's not what they know that it is. Right. And that's and, what we're dealing with. Yeah, and, and kind of summarizing this in a different way would be that uh, I, I estimate there are a dozen or so big mules in Montgomery that run our state. And sure. you mentioned Alabama Power, Blue Cross Blue Shield, the Hospital Association, uh, to a large extent, much more than the medical association, the doctors, 
uh, has been the biggest mule in the state the last uh, four years. And uh, their executive director, Don Williamson, um, who was in charge of this from the beginning, I don't know if uh, that, but th this isn't my speculation. This is uh, uh, Jim Hawkins, the the first and only, as I know of, uh, the first and only incident commander, if you will, the guy that was in, appointed by the governor for the first three months, March through June of 2020. Uh, this is his his story. This isn't mine. The reality is there has been an agenda going on that has not allowed the other big mules to counter it. To yeah. their benefit, to their sometimes to their uh, uh, detriment, in small ways, of course. But um, you know the trial lawyers, AEA, of course. But uh, what AEA allowed to happen to our children is unconscionable. Yeah. And keeping them out of school and, and trying to teach a two-year-old with a mask over their face or, or, or a five-year-old or whatever, it's insanity. But clearly, they have lost the focus of their mission. Yeah. Of uh, of developing the brains, helping develop the brains and character of our next uh, generations, yeah. and um, but all really to me, the the medical association is is very culpable because they are Scott Harris, the state health officers, who is the uh, contemporary, if you will, the uh, Alabama's version of uh, Joe Ladapo down in Florida, uh, who has been on the opposite side of things than Joe Ladapo, which. Joe Ladapo has just been asking questions, and he is a very smooth, brilliant guy, but uh, he's just been asking questions. And the FDA or the CDC stonewall him and just send him garbage. Joe, uh, Robert Malone uh, wrote an interesting substack uh, this past week about uh, the response that the FDA is making to Ladapo's claims, and he's just ripping them apart. The truth is this. Peter Marks, who is the top FDA uh, immunization guy, he was one of the expert uh, witnesses in the hearing that I was a part of back in uh, March of 2021, uh, 2022, correction. Um, they just obviously don't know what the fundamentals are, and Robert Malone uh, skewers them with the reality of what uh, you know. his expertise uh, trumps their uh, ignorance for sure. But um, all it takes is leadership. Yeah. Leadership. Where is the leadership against the insanity? And that's been the most uh, frustrating, one of the most frustrating things about this. Uh, people are dying. People are being injured. Uh, tens of thousands of jobs lost because of the shutdown because you're not an essential worker. I don't know yeah. where the government thought it had that uh, authority. But anyways, um, churches saying, okay, we're going to shut down. By the way, we're going to take your money, federal government, uh, so we can uh, make more money as a church. Uh, doesn't make any sense. But uh, the whole point is, that uh, our culture is deeply, deeply ill, deeply sick, and uh, there is wonderful hope. There is uh, wonderful opportunities ahead for us, and um, you know we just need to make sure that the people's the people that have done these things to us will uh, will be recognized, will be uh, held to account. I think the, for example, one of the easy examples would be to make uh, the roadway into the new prison make the little. I hadn't told you this before, but I think this is the kind of thing we need to do to make sure that the future doesn't follow these stupid tricks, uh, is make the road into the new prison, call it AA Way, yeah. and make the morgue in it uh, called Scott Harris uh, um, uh, Hall. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we need to put an example out there 
to people that uh, these types of egregious actions by people that have been given amazing, uh, unfathomable amount of power that should never have been allowed in a, a, a democratic republic, um, that they will never be somebody following them. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit more deeply to the Dr. Ladapo, uh, the yes. Surgeon General of Florida. So what exactly did he do? So I mean, that was a it was huge news. I got, I mean, my phone blew up all day with people sending me that yeah. Florida government um, announcement. What does it mean? What did he do and what does it mean? Okay, so uh, as read by a couple of weeks ago, I read that uh, Florida, unlike uh, most states, their uh, consumer protection division that the attorney general or whoever is in charge of uh, doesn't have the uh, authority to um, uh, hold pharma accountable. They're, uh, they're carved out of the consumer protection. I don't know if that's true or not. I just read it one time. But uh, to my understanding, the attorney general in Alabama does have that authority. So um, what he has done is based on science. Look, the evidence is abundantly clear that all these shots are contaminated with a DNA segment called SV40. In the documents that the uh, that the drug companies, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, whatever, uh, sent to the governments in order to get their billions, hundreds of billions of dollars, they had to say these are the contents or part of the contents of the uh, uh, that's in the shots. Part of the contract says there won't be contaminants like SV40. SV40 is, has the potential for being, it's known for 50 years, to be a potential promoter of cancer. That was an example in one of the contracts saying this type of contaminant cannot be in it. So when they presented the, the uh, part of the contaminants or part of the uh, uh, contents of the shots to the governments, they had to intentionally remove what they knew was in there, the SV40 DNA promoter sequence. It's a DNA segment that's contaminant. And uh, he's begging the FDA, begging the CDC to, to answer because he, being the state surgeon, uh, doesn't want to promote a shot that has such a, a toxin in it. And um, they lied. And uh, Robert Malone, that was talking, was, that's what I was talking about earlier. Uh, Robert Malone says, nope, they have lied, and here's the evidence, and take, really takes them apart. And so finally, he said, we're halting all the COVID shots. We need to, this is in Florida. We should halt these COVID shots. Now, what's interesting is he, for whatever reason, doesn't have the authority to halt them, but he's calling for a halt, meaning, that whole system is broken. If the top doc says, here's the evidence, I'm, I'm above board, here's the scientific reasoning for it, stop the shots, and he can't stop the shots. Did Scott Harris stop the shots if he made that I decision? would think he could, yeah. uh, or at least the attorney general could. Yeah. Um, or the governor should. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's called leadership. Um, yeah. It's uh, plainly missing against the biggest catastrophe in our state's history. Mm. Mm, mm, well so um yeah I, i'm just thinking about that again just a little south of here in the, the sunny free state of florida 
<laughs> oh, by the way, next week, in the next week or two, uh, the uh, grand jury that DeSantis impaneled a year ago should reveal it, should release its report. And uh, I don't know if you recall or not, but a year ago, the governor of Florida said, I am impaneling a grand jury to investigate these shots. And I bet that it's going to be, a, especially with this on the front of it, on the front end of that released report, I'm not obviously aware of any collusion between the release of the report and the uh, and the determination by the state surgeon. But the fact is that this is going to be, that was a, an earthquake against the system, against the establishments, against the elite, and against all the ridiculousness that's been uh, put on us. But I think this in, this uh, grand jury report is going to be scathing as well, even more so. So, uh I want to just reframe this for everybody uh, before we wrap up. Uh, in Florida, their Surgeon General, their kind of top doc, if you will, uh, is calling for the halt of these vaccines. In Alabama, we're promoting them, advertising them, uh, and even still you know administering why? them to children. You know why? Probably because there's some contract with the Department of Public Health and Pfizer, if I had to guess. They're, the state health, ADPH is making a lot of money. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, because there's no evidence that there is, uh, there's no debate. Scott Harris will not debate. Yeah. And uh, the guy that uh, is on ADP, ADP or whatever TV on um, um, on Friday nights that Todd interviewed Stacey. T- Todd Stacy, uh, he won't hear the debate. Yeah. Yeah. No, they think we're all crazy, except we've got all the data and all the evidence, and, and we've got the trust of the public. Yeah. Correct, because the, they're smart and. Uh, believe their ears and their eyes. Right. So, well, let's close with this. What, what is the level of evil that it takes? So, so, so one, we know that the shots are not safe or effective, not safe being the key thing, but also not effective. So there's a dual thing. Unsafe. Yeah. If they were, if it was, if it was a, some, like a small safety risk for, for a huge potential, but, but, but it's it's safe nor effective, right? Nor safe, right. not safe nor effective. So there's that harmful. But then, yeah. But then you have children who are not susceptible to COVID. Yeah. Last spring there was a paper. Uh, there was a report. It took this organization two years to finally get the data from the government of Israel. I think it came out in April of last year. That it took them two years to get the data. But uh, how many people in this in the country of Israel under the age of fifty? died from COVID who had no comorbidities. Zero. Um, it is not a threat to the young at all. Uh, John Ioannidis, a uh, brilliant, famous uh, scientist out of Stanford, epidemiologist, and I think he's a, vac- a virologist as well. Uh, I think that, maybe, yeah. Um, he uh, came out uh, back a year ago, right at a year ago, showing the evidence is that the infectious fatality rate for those under 60 years of age is zero. Point zero zero three percent. This is not worth destroying the world for. Destroying the world, and then and especially take- if we have treat- treatments like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin and all these supplements that help. Sure. Yeah, and so you're looking at a shot that we know is is killing people. I think it's safe to say that a shot mm-hmm. that is you know death is a potential to a child that death is not a potential from COVID COVID's not going to kill the kid. And we're, we're continuing to inject children with this thing that could kill them when there's no risk of them dying. And we right? know how, 
And a paper, we know how it injures the body. A paper that uh, we published for the first time, I published a paper back in May. It was a featured article in the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, a, a, a wonderful organization um, that has a journal for the last 80 years, uh, well-reputed um, organization. And we looked at the data that the government has. It's not our data, it's the government's data. The risk of comparing the flu shot, which was approved during pregnancy in 1997, to the first 20 months of this shot. If you can, we looked at 17 metrics with uh, pregnancy-related and one that was just uh, gynecologically-related, menstrual abnormalities. Menstrual abnormalities, comparing the flu shot to the COVID shot, 1,192-fold. That's a 120,000% increase in abnormality, in menstrual abnormalities compared to the flu shot. Miscarriages, which is below 20 weeks of pregnancy, 57-fold. That's 5,700%. Uh, intrauterine death, 20 weeks and after, 38-fold, 3,800%. And wow. increase. We know how this is happening physiologically. We, have many we know many mechanisms of how that is happening, and, of course, time will reveal more, I'm sure. But uh, this isn't speculation. Yeah, the evidence is firm, and that's one of the other things. That, I mean, just keep going back to the Brett Weinstein pocket or interview with Tucker. He explains how this is put into your deltoid, the way that it leaves your deltoid and then ends up in your circulatory system, where it either lodges in your brain, your heart, your genitals. Right? Every or, your, or your, well, your, they your, lied. Yeah. They lied, and finally it came out of Japan uh, when they japan demanded the biodistribution where the where the shots actually go these lipid nanoparticles in the shots go and they swore to us remember just gonna stay here an hour or two yeah uh, nope every organ in the body yep. every protein. organ no the right the, yeah. the shots all yeah. the components of the shots not just the messenger rna but yeah. which is an a modified messenger even more deadly uh, um, spike protein produced. But our bodies now produce it. If you get the shot, your bodies are now producing a known toxin yeah. in unbelievable amounts of volume and for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. But, and then I guess I said the wrong word. I said uh, it, 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 reproductive organs. That's what, where you're seeing the, the, the abnormal, the, the miscarriages, the stillbirths, and the uh, menstrual abnormalities. Right. Not with just men, the, it's going into their testes. That's correct? right. And in the brain, which affects the pituitary, which affects the signals to those uh, gonads. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unconscionable. There's no way you can be hyperbolic about this. Yeah. No, uh, this is insane, guys. I've been saying it, um, you know, since the beginning. This is this is this is literally genocide, and then. I, I said that knowing, feeling good about what I said, and then when they said 17 million, you're saying somewhere between 17 million and 43 million. Very, very, both are con, both consider themselves conservative estimates. Yeah, and you know, and then and you're the going to have cancers. turbo cancer. I was just about to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, golly, and then and it's no surprise when you when you have a a group that is over so many other things, whether and you start getting people like, oh, your tinfoil hats. It's like no, there's there there is a group that wants a new world order, a world a world government. And they believe that we have a population crisis, and that's they not want to depopulate. For, that's yeah. not up for debate. That's yeah. not speculative. Correct. This is their their statements yeah. and actions. But uh, before I came up here for the uh, interview this morning, I have a uh, uh, lady in her mid fifties who, back at the beginning of November, had a clot in one of her arteries of her heart. Not a stenotic clot, not one from plaque, but like a blood clot in the artery of the heart. I've never heard of that uh, i asked the uh, wonderful cardiologist 
uh, how common that is, extremely rare. Um, well, we know why these shots cause blood clots. Sure. Jordan, Jordan Vaughn yeah. is the expert in our country yeah. at this, and uh, here, right here in wonderful um, Birmingham, Alabama. But uh, the fact is that uh, we know how these things are happening, yeah. and people know. They're obviously on our side. If they, everybody thought they were so wonderful, they'd be getting more and more of these shots. But uh, they're clearly not. Yet our the leadership in our state is so void of responsibility, it seems like. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and people, if you're on the health committee, you're talking Paul Lee. He's he's a huge roadblock in this situation, the Speaker of the House. Um, yeah, this is, this, is, this is one of those no-brainers. And yet, even with it being a no-brainer, there's all these political pressures that keep the no-brainers from happening. All right. Well, Dr. Tankersley, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap this up. Now we're going to dive into an overtime segment again. You have to become a member uh, and be a member to to enjoy that. We're going to be talking about repentance is the answer. You know, we talked about, you know, is there a political messiah that's going to save us? Is there this? Is there that? And uh, the scriptures are clear. Uh, what the solution is and um, it's it's interestingly enough you know short of the you know god breathing it out upon us it's probably the least likely thing that we're going to see based off of human behavior that we're watching uh, is the people in positions of power uh, repenting pastors repenting for shutting their churches down and masking and uh, encouraging their congregations to be injected with this thing promoting um, fear fundamentally correct and so we're going to dive in and talk about how repentance is the answer in this overtime segment. All right. Well, that wraps us up until next time. Put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.